You're listening to the Winning to Wealth podcast, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about privilege and money. So I've been very open in sharing how I grew up in extreme poverty. I've also been pretty open about the fact that my wife and I have a six-figure worth. We're on our way to achieving financial independence, and we get to live very, very comfortably. And it's very easy to look back on the journey and acknowledge that I worked my butt off and made some really hard and some really smart choices to get to this place. And and that is very true. Like I've put in 12 to 14 hour work days. I've moved across the country away from my family uh, and just so many other sacrifices to get to this point. But that is only a part of my story because at the same time, I've personally benefited from some incredible privilege and it's time that I share those parts of my story as well. So that's what we're going to talk about. It's going to be me acknowledging some of the areas where I've been privileged, um, also kind of talking about privilege and how it relates to our finances. And so to kind of kick things off, my super simplistic definition of privilege is is really an unearned benefit that provides the recipient with an advantage that's not always available to his or her peers. Again, super, super simple definition, but I think it really explains the general concept of privilege well. And although a lot of people think differently, privilege doesn't mean that you won't or that you don't have challenges and it isn't an inherently bad thing. In fact, I believe privilege should be acknowledged, um, which is what I'm attempting to do in this episode, because doing so helps us use our varying degrees of privilege to make the world a better place for not just ourselves, but for our kids and their kids and even their peers. So now that we've kind of gotten that part out of the way and kind of established a baseline of my view of what privilege means, I want to give you a few examples of privilege that I've had, even in my own you know, rags to riches story, as some people would call it. Um, but, you know, the first area of privilege for me is just being able-bodied, right? This is something that I've thought a, a lot about recently. Obviously, I released the episode on health and all those things, but I've really been thinking a lot about that lately um, because I have a friend who is a computer genius, like genius. And right after school, he found a six-figure job working with computers. Now, about five years into his career, he was diagnosed with a genetic disorder. And not too long after that was declared permanently disabled. He did absolutely nothing wrong. But today he has very limited use of his limbs and can barely work a keyboard or a mouse. Did absolutely nothing wrong. Just a genetic disorder. He was or is still way smarter than me. 
And he probably worked like 10 times harder than I ever have. But now my friend lives on essentially peanuts every month when he did everything right. I mean, he went to a great field, had a great career, was building this great life and something completely outside of his control wiped all of that away. And that didn't happen to me. Now, does this mean that I feel guilty for being healthy enough to provide for my family? No, not at all. But seeing how just being in good enough health allows me to earn what I've earned and reach the goals that we're reaching when my friend doesn't even have those choices due to a health condition that was completely outside of his control makes me want to use the resources that I do have to create a more equitable society for people like him. So yes, I have worked as hard as I possibly could to get to where I am today, but that's only possible because up to this point, I have been healthy enough to work in the way that I have. Now, another area of privilege for me is I have a father who is college educated and a business owner. Now, you may not think of that as an area of privilege, but it definitely was for me. Let me explain, because in the back of my mind, I always knew that I had that safety net to go work for my dad's business, or I have another uncle that owns a business and like all the guys in my family have worked at his business at one point or another, like literally every male and including myself. I've worked there at various points in my life. Having this safety net allowed me to make bold and risky career choices, because again, I always knew that if things didn't work out and I fell all the way to the bottom, I could make a couple phone calls and have a job the next week. Now, I never had to. And that part of it is a tribute to, you know, my abilities, work ethic and on some levels intelligence. But having that in my back pocket most definitely helped me make bold career choices um, like working a commission only sales job when I first started or moving across the country to Vegas. Um, these are things that a lot of other people can't do because if it doesn't work, they are in trouble. And so, you know, this is something that my peers may not have been able to do due to their life circumstances. Again, things that were outside of their control, things that had nothing to do with them. And my dad didn't do anything wrong. Neither did I. And the truth is, my daughter is going to be in a very similar position. She will always know that she has a place at dad's business, at dad's company, and that will free her up to take chances. And if you've never had that, you don't know, or if you've always had that, either way, you just don't understand how powerful that is and what that unlocks for you. And so while I'm on the subject of career and family, um, there were also two instances where I got to live rent-free where while I pursued my goals. See, part of the reason why I never had student loans was because my aunt and uncle let me crash at their place when I went back to school. Uh, my uncle even got me a job at the company that he worked for. And so the money earned from that job was what I used to pay for school, move to Vegas, and take yet another risky career choice that ended up paying off big time um, because I ended up getting promoted and I ended up managing a marketing team for a national resort brand. So I then get promoted back to Houston from that company. 
Um, but I still had my Vegas apartment and the leasing office wouldn't work with me on the lease. So instead of having to break the lease and risk damaging my credit to accept the promotion, I then got to move in with a mentor who let me stay there rent free until my lease was over at my Vegas apartment. And I don't know if I've shared this story before, but her name was Allison. She was a great mentor. Um, she actually passed away from breast cancer and, and that's who I named my daughter after. Um, now this highlights my earlier point that having privilege doesn't mean that you won't face challenges on your journey, right? I know a lot of people say, well, I had it hard too. Okay. It doesn't mean that you weren't privileged. However, the connections I earned as a direct result of Allison allowing me to live with her rent-free and focus solely on my career definitely helped me get to the point of earning a six-figure salary, having you know half-million-dollar network, like all of these things. Um, she also gave me the blueprint that I used to get to where I am today. We talked a lot about opening businesses, starting businesses, structuring businesses, buying real estate, all of those things. She poured so much into me. And so, you know, I've heard people say, you know, you have to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. But even that's a privilege because smart, rich people don't often hang out with kids from the hood. Like, you know, when I was growing up in Section 8 housing, I didn't see a lot of wealthy people coming by to just drop knowledge on me and, and give me the game and teach me things that would help put me in a better position. Um, so even that part, even having the ability to be around people who are smarter, wealthier, doing better than you is a privilege in and of itself. But I mean, the truth is I aced that interview. I got hired for that job. I worked 12, 13 hour days building my reputation. I got the results that got me promoted back to Houston. I networked my butt off and used that as a stepping stone um, because I made such valuable connections and things like that. But there were also things that were completely outside of my control that happened. And those things were a benefit to me. Like without my aunt and my uncle and my mentor, Allison, I wouldn't have even been able to in a position to accept some of these opportunities or the ones that came as a result of those opportunities, because there have been a number of opportunities that have come as a result of just those opportunities. And so again, having people in my life that could take me in without asking for a thing in return is an advantage I had, but I didn't earn. And I'm aware that a lot of kids who grew up in Section 8 housing with me who were just as smart as me and were just as hard as me didn't have these same opportunities afforded to them because they just, again, didn't have some of the privilege that I've been able to have. And I'm going to say it again. I don't feel bad or I don't feel guilt about these instances, but I'm also aware of the impact that they've had on my life. It's not just a, you know, I grew up in Section 8 housing. I became this success story or whatever you want to call it all on my own merit, all on my own hard work. No, there were very, very real things that I didn't earn. I didn't really do anything to deserve that just happened and they worked out for me. And that's not even all the privilege that I've enjoyed. I've, I've worked in construction. That's where I built my career, made a name for myself. And it's a male dominated industry, meaning I've never had to wonder if I didn't get a job or if I'm being paid fairly because I'm a female. I'm also a heterosexual male. So I don't have to worry about whether or not I didn't land a big contract because the potential customer has something against the members of the LGBTQ community. These are very real things that happen. And if you live in a bubble, 
surrounded by people who think like you and who have similar experiences to you, you can become totally oblivious to how these things affect our money. And again, like I'm going to keep saying it. None of these are advantages that I've done anything to earn. And whether large or small, all of these things have contributed to me being where I am today. Right. I mean, we can even, you know, talk about my wife who was a straight A student and didn't have student loans um, because she made great grades. Right. But at the same time, she had help from her grandmother for living expenses. So, yes, we have worked our butts off for like 90 percent of what we own and what we have and, and where we are. But man, that other 10 percent was definitely an advantage that most of our peers didn't have or don't have. And it's important that we acknowledge that. Um, it's, it's, it's extremely important that we acknowledge it because, and the reason for that is because now instead of looking through my accomplishments through the lens of like, I made it, why couldn't they do it? Like with all this pride and arrogance, I can ask that same question, but from a place of curiosity. And when you get curious about a problem, like when you start to think, okay, I made it from section eight housing to where I am now. Why can't they? And it's not from a place of pride and arrogance. It's from curiosity. Then you really start to see bigger systemic problems and you can then start to use your skills and talents and abilities to address these problems. And solving these problems creates a more equitable society for all of us. A society where the eight-year-old me living in the hood has access to the same caliber of education that my daughter growing up in the suburbs is going to have when she's eight. So I can use my position, my platform, and my resources to advocate for people in marginalized groups to have the same opportunities as everyone else. And even if I can't change the system, I can at least be the change for the next me, just like my mentor, Allison, and certain family members have been for me. So again, I want to be clear. Privilege is not this bad thing. It doesn't even guarantee that things are going to work out well, right? Like I could have gotten, you know, to stay with Allison and squandered that opportunity, made a mistake and, you know, set myself back. So it's not even a guarantee that things are going to work out well, but it does improve the odds that I'd end up right where I am today. And so my privilege afforded me some extra choices that others may not have. And that's why you'll never hear me say, I'm a self-made anything. When we become millionaires, you won't hear me say I'm a self-made millionaire. I'm a self-made business owner. I'm self-made anything because I'm standing on the shoulders of the people who came before me, the people who laid a foundation for me, the people who um, helped me, el- helped elevate me to get to where I am today. And so it's important to acknowledge our privilege again, because um, once we do that, we can work to create a, a more equitable society. And I know this is not budgeting and this is not debt, but hopefully you're able to see like through my story, why this still matters to why it matters to have this conversation, even in the finance realm. And so that's what I wanted to do a little bit today. Um, didn't want to do a super long episode. Actually, we're heading out on our road trip. We're going to be gone for 10 days. So um, I'm recording this episode like literally right before we leave. Um, but you know, I just, again, this is just such an important conversation and I don't want it to stop with this episode. I want this conversation to be brought into the forefront of the finance community because what we see is a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, um, you know, that's kind of wrapped up nicely in, 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 um, portrayed as advice, but really it's not, it comes just from a lack of understanding and acknowledging our own privileges and the advantages that we have that may not have been available to other people. 
And we do people a huge disservice when we don't acknowledge that. And so if nobody else wants to start the conversation, I'll do it. I'll do it right here, right now. And that's what this episode was about. And so I would love to hear your feedback, your thoughts on this, um, positive or negative. I, I'm a big boy. Like It doesn't matter to me. But um, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on that. And like I said, I always say, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at winning to wealth on Instagram. The same name as the show, winning T-O-W-E-A-L-T-H. But yeah, that's all I have. I just, I really, like I said, I just wanted to come on and acknowledge um, the areas of my privilege. And hopefully some of you start to see uh, some of the areas that you may have been privileged. And, you know, we can work to create a more equitable society and, you know, tear down some of the obstacles that people face because they are very real. We can't say that we want everybody to win to wealth and be wealthy and then not actively try to tear down unfair or, or, you know, unequitable barriers that people face on the journey to wealth. We have to have these discussions. We have to talk about these things. And so, again, that's what this episode is. But again, like I said, if you have any questions, you want to talk, you want to chat, you want to disagree, like I said, find me winning to wealth on Instagram. Um, I am going to be on vacation when this episode airs. So if you don't get a response quickly, just know that I'll get back to you when I can. Um, But yeah, that's all I have for this week. So until we talk again, keep racking up those wins one at a time. Take care. Thank you.